Hello and welcome again to another episode of our program, Develop. We count it an honor and a privilege to have your company as we continue our uh, exploration of this particular series we called Holiness Movement. And really our heart's desire is to communicate from the scripture that God's intention for Jesus' followers to live a holy life just as Jesus was holy. And this is really an expression of God's intention for us since eternity past. God created us so that we could be uh, part of His family, uh, our identity implicated by His nature, and therefore we express His character in the world. And throughout Genesis to Revelation, He repeats the same concept. He enables us by the power of the Spirit through Jesus' death and resurrection to live the image that He always wanted us to live. However, over the last few sessions, we've been exploring uh, biblical reasons why we uh, somehow uh, managed to ignore undermine or outright rebel against a pursuit of life of holiness or a life of Christ likeness. Um, I don't want you to consider the life of holiness as like a parent saying to their child, hey, be a good boy or, or be a good girl. It's beyond morality. It's not doing a list of, you know, tick the boxes type of stuff. This is about allowing the character and the nature of uh, Jesus within us, the divine nature, uh, you know, deposited in us by the power of the Spirit to have its expression in our day-to-day endeavors. And uh, today we're going to look at the sixth uh, reason I genuinely believe why Christians who, um, you know, make a decision for Jesus and walk maybe with uh, Christ for a while can fail to actualize their potentiality uh, because of the focus on the gatherings instead of discipleship. And this is so close to my heart because I experienced the negative repercussion of a group of people that I loved so deeply who went down that path and sadly they fizzled and the power of God that was manifested in and through them took a negative turn. And this happened as I was invited to minister full-time in a particular church in Melbourne, Australia. And uh, I, one of my portfolio was to look after a group of young adults. And uh, there was no one that I knew in that environment, so I began to invest in a small group of people. And uh, we, we, you know, we, we began to teach the Word of God and particularly spending time with God uh, daily and, uh, you know, initiated this uh, group of amazing young adults into a system that I had received from my dad uh, about how to walk wholeheartedly with, with Jesus through discipling uh, experiences, uh, focusing on God's Word, applying God's Word, being in an environment of, of God honoring people and living wholeheartedly for Jesus. Uh, 
as we continued our ministry together, very early on we, we had a, uh, a camp. Um, maybe it was the first, maybe it was the second camp. I'm not sure it's the first year or the second year. Where God, by His gracious intervention, visited us. And some of these young people began to pray over one another. And there were manifestations of healing. I, I would pray over people and they would experience a, a, a gracious manifestation of the Spirit. And man, the place was turned around. People were fired up about Jesus. They will linger after our gatherings, our services for 20 minutes, sitting in circles, praying, unprompted, uh, not pre-planned, not formally allocated. And, and, and it was just amazing. And we were experiencing, you know, prophetic words and, and, and visions and healings. It was just so beautiful. Was, even though it was a small group, there was a big move of God in the life of people. I grabbed more of those leaders, um, initiated some uh, a, a small group uh, structures and wanted to invest in those people who were influential, who I consider will be long-term leaders over this group. And I invited them, I recall, I would invite them to come and meet with me on a Sunday early afternoon. So we go through some of the uh, scriptural basis, work through some of the discussion points about how to live like a child of God, imitate Jesus as a disciple and surrender to the Holy Spirit uh, and, and live selflessly manifesting the character of Christ. And uh, over a period of several months, I noticed that our weekly meeting uh, were not gathering momentum. Uh, later on, when we had the, the gathering together with all the young people, there were energy. People were excited. But that time with the few leaders was, was, was deteriorating in energy and people weren't giving it their best shot. And some people would last minute don't come. Some wouldn't read the scripture in advance. Some wouldn't share in the discussions. And I began to be perplexed with, with what I'm noticing in deterioration. And I recall one day I said to them, you know, um, they, they were, um, some of them didn't want to come or told me, you know, we, 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 we're just been going around uh, different Christian environments because people, we, we, we want to experience the power of the Spirit and miracles and manifestations. And one guy said to me, you know, I want to go to this environment because the preacher says, I'm going to be the first person that walk on water and, and all this sensational stuff, I said, I want to help you realize that life of Jesus is not like a hot balloon where it's, uh, you know, full of air, but hollow from the inside. We want to be a group of people that commit to the daily endeavor of following Jesus, not chasing the most exciting experience. And they did not receive uh, that communication um, uh, that day. And slowly, slowly that group fizzled. And slowly, slowly the, the fire that was in our bigger gathering over time, maybe over two or, or so years, uh, they, it was just a difficult environment. I would, I would await that particular meeting sitting in the car, lowering my seat because I was so 
despondent and discouraged by how we had uh, received an incredible visitation of the Spirit. And instead of running with the momentum, we chased an experience or experiences and the fluff of Christianity. And uh, it's, it's a history that I recall with a sad heart, an aching a spirit because these people could have completely changed their generation. And you know what? I notice and maybe you notice other Christians who start really enthusiastically on fire for Jesus, but they take a turn when they begin to chase experiences. They look for what's exciting. They look for what's extraordinary. They look for what is easy, Christian easy or Christian Christianity made easy. What is the what what is the shortest cuts that we can take to experience the greatest amount of pleasure and we chase the events and we chase the the type of environments that will make us fired up emotionally and some of these people I speak with today or I know of who are no longer able to maintain the hyped environment and still are seeking the next experience and they're unable to enjoy God in their personal day-to-day experiences. And Jesus made it so utterly clear at the end of His Sermon on the Mount that an experience does not represent God's anointing. Regardless of how extraordinary the experience might be, someone might, uh, you know, have miraculous happening around them, but it doesn't actually say anything about their walk and their connection and their relationship with God. And it, this particular passage can shock us, but just notice the contrast that Jesus is giving at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, because it's not discouraging as it may appear initially. I think it's incredibly mobilizing for us as we reconceptualize God's intention for our daily walk with him. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning from verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Oh my goodness. That's just a smack bang in our modern believalism type of Christianity. If you say that Jesus is Lord, not just Jesus is Savior, but Jesus is Lord, if just you say it, you are affirmed. You are assured of eternal abode because you've said the word. You've uttered the prayer. You've come up the front. But here Jesus is saying, hey, 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 it's not about what you say. It's how you live your life abiding by God's will that is evidence of the reality that you've been changed on the inside. Doing God's will can only be done by the power of the Spirit that abides in you. He works in you to will and to do according to His purposes. And then He says this, He says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Uh, you, you know, didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we perform, and I love this word, many miracles. It's saying, we were on 
uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, energy drinks, spiritually speaking. We were far enough from all cylinders. We were flying. We were knocking it out of the park. We were casting out demons. We were prophesying. We were performing many miracles. And Jesus does not, does not, notice this, Jesus does not argue or debate the reality of what they said. He didn't say, no, 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 you didn't really prophesy. He didn't say, no, 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 you didn't drive out demons. He didn't say, no, 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 you performed, you know, one or two miracles. No, no. He says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. Why? Not liars. He says, away from me, you evildoers. The way you live your life, you live a life doing evil. That is your pattern of life. So Jesus, they like the top-notch people who are like spiritual elites who are firing all the crackers and, and, and now you're saying they were evildoers. They will never enter. They never, um, you know, that, that's not the lifestyle that you intended for them. That's not the reign of Jesus uh, on their lives. So what is the, the difference then that you want from us is therefore... In the same chapter, a couple of verses later. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And Jesus almost deflates our hot balloon. It's like, man, I'm, I'm like, I'm fired up about the prophecy. I'm fired up about casting out demons. I'm fired up about many miracles. That's like, that's like the top notch Christianity. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you something different that will last. Something different that will last the test of time, that lasts the challenges of life, that will really stand out as the genuine, as, as the one that's standing on the rock that will not fail. And what he says, that type of Christianity is, he says, therefore, anyone who hears and does puts, puts my words into practice. That is so ordinary. That is so non-eventful. Like Jesus Come on, give me something that I can celebrate. Give me something that my emotions say, oh, fist, fist, you know, come on, how cool is that? And just says, just hear them and live them. That's just, that's just daily routine. Just. That's so mundane, like give me something. And that is the problem that I genuinely, and some of you would agree with me, I genuinely believe that is a mistake that we don't intentionally chase experiences, but we fall into that because of the prevailing culture in some Christian environments. What is the greatest concert? What's the camera light action? What is the best video presentations? What's the next greatest speaker? What's the next greatest you know, exp sensational experience? Uh, you know, how can I feel fired up? I want to I wanna chase the next thing that makes me happy spiritually. And Jesus says, you want to live the full life? Listen and obey. It's like, come on, Jesus, give me something. He says, that is what is unshakable. And I want to share with you from my personal experiences just some of the different ways in which we, we dig wells hoping to get water 
when the water is there available for us in the stream of Jesus. And I want to give you just little observation. They're not exhaustive. They're just my personal experiences of people that didn't live out their full potential as Christ-like Christians because they pursued uh, self-made wells that, that not necessarily satisfies the soul. The first one that you may be familiar with is the brand of consumerism for believers. Say so they want what's in it for me. I want to watch a, 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 you know, an I want to watch an experience. I want to participate in an event that makes me feel good. I, I want to be prayed over and receive these tingly feelings or whatever it might be. We want to consume, consume spiritual products and, and we don't want to give our life in commitment to Christ's cause. I recall uh, in one of the churches that I ministered, I, I, uh, I went to visit uh, different uh, small groups. And one of the time, I think it might have been a, a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, I went to a particular group. I didn't know who is in that group. Obviously, knew the leaders, but I didn't know the attendees. And as I, as I um, you know, mingled around the people, I noticed a couple, uh, a husband and a wife, who have been part of the church more regularly, but of recent times, maybe about a year they I couldn't really recall them coming to church and and I I I thought maybe they just didn't like what we were doing and they left but I noticed that they were part of the small group and I'm like, like wow how awesome is that so I said to them hey I haven't seen you and that was in front of other people sitting there I said I haven't seen you for a while we missed you and it's great to see that you're still connected with the group and they said yeah the last time we came to church is the time that you preach on consumerism <laughs> so they gave it away. That was enough for them to stop coming to church because I had preached on, uh, on uh, devaluing the concept of spiritual consumerism that God is calling us to commit to His cause, not just use Him as a vending machine. The second thing that I noticed is some people are chasing hearing the next preacher, the next good preacher, instead of searching the scripture for themselves. And, and, and it becomes almost like an entertainment thing. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and get injected with the next more enthusiastic uh, event that I can get. And instead of searching the scripture, I'm not saying it's not helpful to listen to, the, to, to God's word preached appropriately. But what I'm saying, if that's all we do, and we don't search the scripture for ourselves. That's why we're not able to live out a life of holiness. I recall in a, in, a, in a particular mega church that was thriving. Sunday services were absolutely incredible. I was part of, of that church for a period of some years. And I recall that the leadership uh, of the church um, uh, created a survey to investigate how often the attendees of that church read their Bible on their own during the week. And they were shocked by the results. And one of those uh, staff members and leaders shared with me that the result came with something like 22% or so of the respondents uh, who attend the church regularly actually spend three or more time a week reading their word. That means over 
around uh, 78% or 80% of those people that attend the church regularly and enjoy an incredible experience of hearing God's word beautifully preached. Uh, uh, about 80% of those people spend less uh, with the scripture than three times a week. And they didn't really, uh, you know, uh, dig in in the details of how many one time a week or how many none at all, but uh, you can imagine. Many of us don't pursue our Christ-likeness because we don't spend time hearing from God daily. We just simply rely on a meal once a week. Can you live once a week? And then people tell me it's legalistic to spend time with God daily. What Bible are you reading? When Jesus is saying, you know, my words are like bread. How can you live without breakfast, lunch and dinner? Can you tell somebody that is always having uh, meals during the day, you're being legalistic about having meals? It's the nourishment. It's what's going to change and develop. Peter tells us like newborn babes desire the milk of the word by which you must grow. That means without the milk of the word, you cannot grow. You cannot mix legalism with living on the word of God that should be the most joyful thing you know your words were found and I ate them and your words were to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart without the word of God you have no joy of the Lord the third uh, thing that I observed is that people chase prophetic words and instead of discerning God's will through evaluation, through their personal time with God, through the consultation of trusted others and through uh, knocking on the door to see God's will. We just, you know, um, I know I've, I've known of a couple who were going through a, a really rocky uh, marriage season and all that they could think around is we want the someone to prophesy over us. It's like, you know what? Maybe you just need to evaluate what's going on in your marriage and, uh, and take um, a responsive uh, action towards rectifying what God reveals not to be His will. Another person I know wanted to figure out God's uh, call for their career and vacation says, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, relying on this prophetic word. Have you assessed your skills? Have you assessed your gifts? Have you assessed the energy that God gives you? Have you experimented with different ideas? Have you consulted other people that know uh, about your character and your temperament? Have you done it? No, no, I just rely on the prophetic word. And that's not not really, that's just a shortcut. And when we are relying on prophetic words and instead of actually discerning God's will in every arena of our lives, we are trying to figure a shortcut. The third, the, the fourth thing that I notice that, uh, you know, minimizes or undermines our pursuit of holiness is that we focus on the knowing and the doing. I know the word, brother. I know the book of First King and, you know, the difference between that chapter here and that chapter in First Chronicles. And, and, you know, this says this and the prophetic this. And, uh, you know, it's great that you know that. But knowing you know, the Pharisees knew a lot, you know, but it, the, the, the reality is those people draw near to me with their mouth, but the, their hearts are separate from me. It's not about knowing a lot and it's not about doing a lot, being an activist. It's about your identity in Christ based on your unity and you see yourself differently. I see myself as a Jesus-like person and that way you allow the Holy Spirit 
to transform you gradually from glory to glory. The next bit is that many of us focus on ministry to the masses instead of investing in a few. We love, you know, pastors in particular as they meet together. Somehow we incline to share uh, subtly, accidentally, or intentionally. We subtly declare our significance by sharing how many people that are attending our events, which is usually the worship service on a Sunday. And, and, and we celebrate the greatest elite um, leaders by their fellowship, by the number of people on their, uh, you know, whatever it might be that we, we love, we love working with the masses. But Jesus also didn't invest in the crowds, but he invested in the few and those few, the 12 changed their world. We need to invest in the few and be invested in as well so that we can grow. Uh, another thing that implicates our potential in Christ is that we focus on the skills. We train people. Uh, you know, you can, uh, you, you can do this leadership course. You can be a great usher. You can, you can invest in, in this particular, um, you know, method of reaching out to the lost. And we train skills as good as those endeavors may be and we ignore building character. So we've got incredible leaders who have been promoted beyond the, ca the character within. They, 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 they may be competent, but their character can't handle uh, their, 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 their responsibilities. And then we seek tingly experiences over daily obedience. We seek tingly experiences. You know how many times people affirm that God must have spoke to them. Uh, people even in, in environment, in small group environments, they say, you know what, I'm sure God was, was talking to me because when, when, when this person said that or when you said that or when you prayed, I felt some tingly feelings. Uh, tingly experiences are not what would develop our potential in Christ. It's daily experiences of obedience, moment by moment, regardless of how it feels. So people say to me, God's will is obviously going to be easy. I'm not really sure. God's will is, uh, is enjoyable because the Spirit will enable you to do it, but we don't base God's will on what's easy and what's not easy. I feel at times we dig for ourselves human-made wells and instead of focusing on the stream of God's Spirit that is available for us all the time. So it reminds me of uh, what Jeremiah, what God said in Jeremiah chapter 2. He says, My people have committed two sins. What are they, Lord? They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, which is wells, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Many a times we're chasing the wells, digging the wells. And because we don't want to trust the Spirit to enable us, to flow through us, to quench us, to direct us, to transform us in the closet. 
And I'm not saying that you have to choose one over the other. Like either you spend time with God alone or, or, or you hear God's word preached through uh, God's people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to make sure that you're chasing God not experiences, chasing God, not experiences. The sad reality because of consumerism, we chase events instead of a daily experience with God. And that's why in Luke chapter 9, Jesus makes it utterly clear. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. You see, the reason why we fail to pursue holiness is because we chase the grandeur of a spiritual experience rather than choose the grind of spiritual exercises. Can you see the difference? We chase the grandeur, the excitement, the elevated, esteemed spiritual experiences, sensationalist experiences, even with good conscience, even because we want spiritual goosebumps. It's not because we're not walking with God, but we want to re-energize ourselves with those things, whilst we probably also need, more importantly, that choose the spiritual daily obedience exercises in following the prompting of the Spirit, hearing the Word of God and putting it into practice, regardless of our feelings. It is my absolute prayer is that as we engage with God's word and with others who would disciple us and we disciple others in this in a non non-extraordinary environment like Jesus expressed that already that matters is hearing and obeying the word, not chasing an eventful experience or chasing experiences that will make us feel excited but actually walking with Jesus wholeheartedly on a daily endeavor and I know that's what you want to do and that's why we're praying for you that you live wholeheartedly for Jesus and as a result live out your full potential as a Christ-like disciples. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Until next time, be utterly blessed.